Hold on to your hats. A new episode of Sober Not Mature starts now. All right, welcome to the first episode of Sober Not Mature. My name is Bill, and my co-host Mike is not available for this first episode. Uh, but going forward, there will be the two of us uh, talking on the podcast. And I wanted to at least get some content out there, talk a little bit about what the motivation is behind us doing this. Um, of course, our background, what our goals are for the podcast also. So first of all, we have been in recovery uh, for a little bit. Both of us are coming up on 12 years sober uh, in about a month and a half. And it's an opportunity, to, basically what we're looking at, it's an opportunity for us to not only add to our recovery program, but also, uh, who knows, maybe help some people out along the way. Uh, but the main thing that we're looking at is we want to make this fun. Uh, we want to make it off the cuff. Uh, we want to make it engaging. Uh, so we'd like any feedback that people would have along the way. And it's something that uh, we we want to put out something that we can be proud of. Um, but like I said, the main goal is to have some fun with this. The other thing that I want to point out is this is going to be done um, at a distance. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, Mike lives in Cleveland, Ohio. And we'll talk a little bit about how we met uh, in why there's that distance between us, but uh, we're using an app called Anchor, so a little bit of a plug for them, and it's uh, going to be an opportunity for us to connect through that app and do the recording that way. Uh, but just understand, this is something we're doing on our own. Uh, this is not professionally done. Uh, neither one of us has ever done anything along these lines before, so we are learning as we go. Uh, maybe it'll be interesting to listen back to this first episode uh, versus further episodes down the road. Maybe we'll get better progress, not perfection, right? The other thing, too, that I think is important to mention is both of us came through a 12-step program. Uh, we're very committed to how we got sober, the process that we used, um, very committed to the people that helped us get to where we are today, uh, but we're also very open to the idea that there are other ways to get sober and also stay sober. Uh, we want to talk about that and expand on some of those areas. Although our background knowledge certainly is in the 12-step uh, arena, uh, we're more than willing to, once again, listen to suggestions, get topics. Uh, we want to get other ideas. Uh, the end result is that we want to also get people on here to interview people from different areas of recovery. Because once again, as I mentioned, the, the main goal here is to, to be sober and stay sober. And any way that uh, gets you there and keeps you there is certainly the number one goal. Now that all of that's out of the way, I'd like to take a little bit of an opportunity to go through um, my personal background, uh, go through a little bit of a uh, little bit of time here telling my story. I'm not going to take too much time. We were told very, very early on uh, that if uh, somebody talks longer than 15 or 20 minutes, uh, you know, you're going to lose the audience, number one. Uh, but on top of that, too, the joke was that you're talking for longer than 20 minutes. You're probably lying. So um, I want to give a brief background. Uh, hopefully next episode when Mike gets on here, uh, we'll have him do the same. So at least you get an idea of where both of us came from and how we got to where we are today. I was born in Parma, Ohio. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic and actually ended up being a member um, of a 12-step program. He died with 29 years of sobriety. And quite honestly, I have no idea if any of that matters as far as why I'm an alcoholic. Uh, all I know today is that I am. And obviously, I'm grateful that, uh, and I'll just say that sobriety found me. I almost said that I found sobriety, but uh, quite honestly, sobriety found me. First time that I ever had alcohol, uh, I was pretty young. I do remember tasting it at family events, uh, then sneaking it with friends on different occasions. 
The first time that I ever drank too much, I was about 14 years old, and it was red wine, and I got sick. I had thought I cleaned up after myself, uh, but when my sister got home, she ended up cleaning up my mess. Uh, my sister has been a huge part of my life. Um, she and I get along very, very well. And not only uh, at that moment did she clean up my mess, but she actually helped me clean up a lot of messes throughout my life. So I'm grateful for her for a lot of different reasons, but um, just kind of a situation where, yeah, she cleaned up quite a few of my messes. I was always a pretty decent student, uh, played sports, had good friends, and up until the summer of my junior year, um, I honestly didn't drink that much. We started going to parties. I pretty much enjoyed everything about that. Went to college, obviously drank more. I say obviously because that's what a lot of us do, uh, but everyone else is drinking, so I guess it was pretty easy to blend in. I did get my high school girlfriend pregnant. We got married and our daughter was born when I was only 19 years old. Uh, my wife at the time was 20. We lived with my dad for about a year. Um, he was sober at the time, so neither of us drank. It wasn't really a conscious decision of trying to quit drinking for any reason. It was just we were in an atmosphere where he didn't drink, so of course we didn't drink. When we did get out on our own, uh, we would go out with friends, and drinking too much became just kind of a normal situation for me. I would say the next six or seven years were no different. I did end up drinking my way out of that marriage, and a month after we split up, I got my, my one and only DUI. And I'm not saying that I didn't deserve more, but uh, I only got caught once. I guess I did calm down a little bit after that, not for too long, though. I met my second wife about five years later, and we used to go out and drink quite a bit. Uh, we got engaged. She got pregnant. We bought a house, and everything on the outside looked very familiar, uh, which I know is a, is a fairly normal story for a lot of people, uh, or at least a story for a lot of people. I could go into a lot of details about uh, how I hit alcohol, how I drank in the morning, I, I was sneaking around drinking, I lied to her, I argued with her, just in a general sense. Um, I was becoming the type of person that she didn't want to be around. Uh, we split up in 2006, and for the next four years, uh, they were pretty dark for me. My drinking increased, I had money problems, isolated from as many people as I could, and at that point, which was 2006, I was definitely a full-blown alcoholic. The turning point for me um, came in March of 2010. Uh, my dad died suddenly, and it literally took me off the deep end. I was 41 years old, had no coping skills for the next 30 days, basically, I just, I drank and drank as much as I could, uh, never drew a sober breath. On April 17, 2010, uh, my sister came up from Indiana and took me to detox. Uh, I wouldn't say it was my choice, uh, but I was told that that was my only option, so I did go. To explain where my drinking took me, I entered detox with a blood alcohol level of 0.44. Um, not only was I conscious, but I was actually talking and functioning. And when my sister found out, uh, when they tested me at the hospital, and she found out what my blood alcohol level was, um, it shocked her. And obviously after the fact, um, it shocked me because I didn't realize. Uh, I mean, I knew I was drinking a lot, but she never realized to the extent of you know how much you're drinking. I ended up spending six days in detox and was told by the doctor uh, that if I continued doing what I was doing, I'd be dead, uh, basically within a matter of weeks. Um, he didn't say months. He didn't say in a while. He didn't say eventually. Um, he said specifically that I would be dead within a matter of weeks. I did hear the words, but I 
I don't know that I believe them. Uh, my family had called around just trying to figure out what to do with me uh, while I was in detox and I was taken to Cleveland um, to a sober living facility out in that area. As as we go through this podcast, it is something that we're going to talk about quite a bit because that's where Mike and I met, um, was at this sober living facility. Um, I'm specifically not mentioning the name right now uh, until I would obviously get their permission to do so. I don't think they'd have an issue with it, but um, let's just call it the sober living facility that I went to uh, for the moment. I did stand at that door um, with my mom and my sister. Both of them were crying uh, because I was saying that I wanted to go someplace and think about it. Uh, Through her tears, uh, as my mom was sitting there crying, she said to me, "Um, you don't have any other place to go. I agreed to stay. Uh, But I'll tell you one thing, I had no desire to be there, uh, certainly no desire to quit drinking. I did have a plan, though. Basically, what I was going to do is um, sit around, kick back, and go on with my life after all was said and done. I had made a decision uh, that I wasn't going to talk. I wasn't going to share with anyone. I was just going to cross my arms and and everyone else could do the talking. Um, And surprisingly enough, and and it's funny, uh, that that stubbornness uh, probably saved my life. But for whatever reason, I did what I was told. I got a sponsor. I went to meetings, uh, began to make friends. And many of those guys that I met during that time frame are still sober and also still my friends. Uh, Mike is one of those guys, and he and I have become uh, not only close friends, but he's he's part of, part of the family now. I did stay with that sober living facility for a year and a half. Um, first, I was at the uh, basically what they call the halfway house, then went to a three-quarter house. And as the director had told us at that time, um, this is going to be the best time that you'll never want to repeat. And he was absolutely 100% correct. I would love to tell you that everything was unicorns and rainbows, but that's not my story. I didn't even realize it, but I was really struggling for the first nine months. I couldn't understand uh, why people kept relapsing. And I was trying to figure out what the secret was to stay sober. Um, We were always told something pretty simple. uh, Pray, go to meetings, try to help another alcoholic. I did ask uh, my friend, who was Mike uh, at that time, and he was my roommate, um, if it could actually be that simple. And he just said to me, yes. And he walked away. Uh, It was a very, very simple answer, uh, but it changed my view and possibly saved me from a relapse. I don't know. Um, But like I said, that that friend was Mike, um, and he's still in my life today. I'm obviously going to be part of this podcast, but um, he's my brother. You know, he's not a friend anymore. He's He's been a brother for, for many, many years, and I value that friendship. But here are some of the things that have happened to me in sobriety. Um, I reconnected with my daughter that I had alienated for 12 years. And on, in October of 2019, I was able to walk her down the aisle at her wedding. Um, my son, um, who's now 21 years old, doesn't have any clear recognition of uh, of me drinking. Um, I've been sober for more more than half his life. I've repaired relationships with my family, both of my ex-wives. I do have real friends now, and most days it's a sincere, positive outlook that I have on life. There are some bad things, you know, some some not-so-great things that have happened to me in sobriety. I've had family members die of natural causes. I've also had family members die tragically. I've had friends um, that are sober or that were sober that have died in both ways also. I've had stresses. I've had job losses, money problems, relationship issues. I've had my heart broken. I've felt sad, lonely, afraid, and just all around awful at times. And the main point there is that just like everyone else, I mean, I've just, I've lived my life. So here's the other thing that I think is always important to say, and, and I'll expand on this a little bit. This is my first run at sobriety. And to this day, 
as I'm speaking to you, I have not relapsed yet. Okay. I always, always, always say the word yet because number one, that's what I was taught. And I was taught that if I forget who I am, what I need to do on a daily basis to stay sober, I'm going to drink again. And it's my opinion that if I drink again, I'm not going to come back. I'll end up drinking myself to death. So I need to remember that there's always those yets. And I think that's hugely important that, especially for us and how we are, there's always things that we didn't do yet or that we wouldn't do yet. You know, so we always got to keep that in mind. At least I do. And when I first got sober, um, I couldn't restand I couldn't stand all the recovery sayings. Um, I thought they were goofy and I thought they were meaningless and they actually irritated me. Um, today, I try to live by every one of those goofy sayings with the exception of one. Um, people always talk about um, and say, keep coming back. And you'll hear it sometimes if, if you are a 12-step person, you'll hear it in meetings, you know, keep coming back. Um, you know, if you, you're worth it and if you work it, it works, all those different things, all great sayings. But in my opinion, that's the only one I disagree with. I have this mindset that I don't want to come back. I want to stay. And I came to that conclusion a number of years ago and realized that watching people try to come back, some people not making it back, staying is the easiest and, and most sensible thing to me. So why would I want to keep coming back? I just want to stick around. So that's a little bit about me, at least my background in as brief of a time as I could make it. Uh, one of the things that Mike and I are on the same page about, and we have been for quite a long time, is that um, everyone knows how to drink. Uh, although stories like this and explaining where we came from is hugely important. Um, people call it qualifying, which I think is kind of weird at times, but I do understand it. Uh, people need to know that we went through or that I went through or somebody else went through what they did, um, pulling bits and pieces out of that story in order to, to make them feel um, like they, they should be here or they could be here or they, you know, can, can do some of the things that they see other people's doing or other people doing. But it's also my opinion, and, and Mike and I are, are on the same lines with this, is that how do we live sober? You know, and that's one of the biggest things that we want to talk about. What's happened from that time that we got sober, once the booze is out of us, once the drugs might be out of you, uh, what happens at that point? Because as I mentioned, all those different things I went through that are the, the not so good things and, and the bad things and the tragedies, how do we deal with those as, as sober individuals? You know, we went our entire lives up to that point uh, numbing ourselves and turning to alcohol or drugs because we didn't know how to cope. And now we don't have a choice. So that's what Mike and I plan on talking about quite a bit. We're going to tell stories. It's just going to happen. Uh, we're going to tell stories about drinking. We're going to help tell stories about what happened to us prior to getting sober. Um, but we've had so many good times in sobriety. Uh, we've had so many good times to, together as, you know, as friends and, and with friends that that we got sober with and people that we know in, in, in the recovery world. So uh, we do want to talk about um, how do you stay sober and how do you, how do you get through life sober? But that's all I've got for now. I uh, appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there and listening, and we look forward to speaking to you soon. As always, thank you for joining us for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and feel free to message us with any suggestions for future shows.